I'm testing the audio, testing the audio, testing the audio, yeah. Eating a burrito, eating a burrito, eating a burrito, yeah. Burrito. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. The only podcast that throws a temper tantrum and then gets what they want anyway. <laughs> I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon, who wanted to throw in an idea for the intro bit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, come on. That was fun. Oh, no, no. It was fun. Oh. Throwing a temper tantrum and then getting what you want anyway, oh. is that's my vocal reaction to that. That's the part that's not fun. That's the part that's not fun. <laughs> How you doing? It's, it's a rainy day here in Chicago. We're recording our, what, sixth, seventh episode in four days? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe five. Four. Because we did it. We did our, our Monday, Thursday. Now we're doing next Monday, Thursday. And this is now next Monday. So this is our fifth one. No, this is this is next Thursday. Oh, you're right. Okay. Okay. Four in. Four in three days. The number just kept getting bigger in my head. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for years. I've told you this story, but I've not told it on mic, so I'll, I'll I'll say how I accidentally moved to Chicago. Okay. So the year's 2017. I mean, I guess it's like the end of 2016 when I bought tickets. So I was planning on moving to Atlanta to get try to get into like the stunt industry and film industry down there. And That I, is what you told me you were going to do last time I saw you. No, that's what another one of our friends was going to do. Fuck. Yeah. But, because I met you after I had already moved here. That's right. You were already in Chicago. Yep. So, I come down for what's called Winter Wonderland here in Chicago. It is a four-day fight intensive, or conference, or whatever you want to call it. So, then I was just like, I guess I'll just move here. But part of my decision in that was I was poor. Yeah, sure. And the intensive is out, if you're in the Chicagoland area, it's out in Rosemont, which is out by the airport, and they have, like, hotel rooms you can rent. That they, like, have blocked off. Even with the discount, though, they're still, like, 80, 90 bucks a night. At least they were that year. Yeah, not anymore, I bet. I'm sure they're much more now. I was... Did not have that kind of money. I was trying to save money to move. But there's a hostel. Or there was a hostel. I don't know if it exists anymore. In Wicker Park. That was, mm-hmm. like, $20 a night. And the train, the blue line, runs right off of that. Like, oh. goes right out there. So I was like, oh, I'm just stay at the hostel then. Now... I'm not great with... Well, I just end the sentence. I'm not great. I'm not great. I'm not great. I'm not always great at keeping things straight in my head. Especially when I'm, like, excited about something. It is Pride Month. (laughs) Badoomch. So, the intensive started on, let's say, Thursday. I don't remember. Let's just say it was a Thursday. And so I was like, okay. It starts on Thursday, so it means I have to get there Wednesday. It starts early in the morning. But then at some point, it became... In my head, it starts on Wednesday, so that means I have to get there Tuesday. So I did. And then I woke up at ass crack of the morning, got on the train, went to look at my itinerary for the day, and realized, whoops, that's not till tomorrow. Oops. So I spent the day exploring the city, and I was like, I'll just move here. It's closer. It's cheaper. It's better. Glad I did. Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't remember where I was going with this. I was going somewhere with this. Well, what was your point, Jared? What's the point of you? Oh, oh, not remember how the number just gets bigger, where I was like, 
oh, we've recorded four. Wait, no, it's in five. No, no, that wasn't right. So I guess it was six. (laughs) (laughs) It was Thursday. No, Wednesday. No, Tuesday. No, I show up a week before. Correct. (laughs) Okay. And that's why I probably have undiagnosed ADHD. And here we are. And this is my medication. That's, I mean, yeah, I'm dumbed down. How are you, Steven? I'm your therapist, I guess. You don't go to therapy for ADHD. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm your sounding board? You're my Adderall. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's been uh, a busy week here. I The reason we're doing this is because I'm out of town. I'm going to go spend some time with my family. We're going up to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, what the sorry, fuck, man? Sorry, I had a violent reaction there. We're going Wisconsin. up... Wisconsin. <laughs> Uh, and we're gonna go uh, hang out. We rented a, I always say Airbnb because that's the default in my head, but it's a VRBO. Oh, I actually really like VRBO. Yeah, I do too. I, I feel like they're nicer. Yeah, and Airbnbs have just gotten really bad with like surcharges mm. and stuff like that. Then I, I recently just went on to like go find it and look for things down the road. And there is now the option, they have to tell you, or at least. You can toggle a switch to say, what is the total cost of this stay? Instead of clicking it, clicking it, clicking it. Okay, check out. There's a $150 cleaning fee? Fuck that. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit. So at least now they're upfront about it. Woo. Woo. But yeah. Don't have it. Gonna go dunk my family in board games. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, just kidding. My brother-in-law madison is so goddamn good at Catan. bring him he's so good at Catan. challenger approaches every time and i don't get it i don't get it i want to play him <laughs> will he be at your wedding yeah i'm bringing the Catan board okay all right no that's not the vibe it could be the vibe i mean the wedding day no it's not the vibe <laughs> correct <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking of the vibe emails if you want to email us feel free to do so at survivor tbt no that's not right if you want to email us see the problem is you didn't lock eyes with me it's so true. you forgot it it's true if you want to email us feel free to do so survivor tbt at gmail.com or twitter at survivor tbt or reddit u slash survivor tbt if reddit still exists in a month it's fair i mean we said that about twitter everything's going downhill man twitter's bad twitter's in a bad spot twitter's in a bad spot reddit's in a bad spot email's not going away that's true well see what see what you do next google (laughs) three for three baby anyway email from tyler I agree with Jared. This is definitely my least favorite post-merge episode of the season. It's not bad by any means, but definitely weaker in comparison to everything that I know is coming. So, there you go. And our fun facts about these contestants that we haven't seen in a while. Kel was a telecast judge for Miss Universe 2001. Oh my god, okay. And landed several beef jerky commercials. Man, that's great. That's fucking That's great. actually awesome. That's I love that. Being the agent of these people must be just a crazy job. Like, what, what's the moving and shaking you do to get somebody as a telecast judge in Miss America? Miss Universe. Miss Universe, sorry. Yeah. America is the universe, Stephen. Fair. I take it back. I'm not even going to say fair. I was making a bit, but I'm like, no. It, it felt not. gross coming out. Yeah, here we are. 
But that is Miss Universe, which I do believe is a Trump property. Especially at the time. <laughs> okay, side note. I need everyone to know what's going on here. He's trying so hard to be quiet. Darren tried to be sneaky, but he's just full on chugging Diet Coke out of a two liter bottle in between his, his talking points here. And I'm on a level of unhinged today. It's so good, but I needed people to share that moment with me. I was trying to make no noise, so I stuck my tongue in it to let like the air out slowly. It didn't work. So, and it, uh, what's funny is it probably didn't even get picked up by the mic. No. So, since I am type 1 diabetic, I drink Diet Pop. And I'm the only person in my family growing up who did. So, I was, I was taught to drink from two liters. Mm. Like... I would just have, it'd be the Jared two liter. And so that you didn't get them mixed up. So it wasn't like, oh, my dad's drinking regular Coke. I'm drinking diet Coke. I'm just drinking out of the fucking two liter. That's what I do now. <laughs> I hate that. Interesting. Side note from our side note. You call it pop. Is that a, a standard Michigan thing to call it pop? Yes. Okay. It is in Minnesota too. So it's a, I think it's a Midwestern thing. It is. But I don't know. It's, it's those maps. It's like, have you seen those maps of pop, yeah. soda, and then down in somewhere in the south, Coke. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Is, that's where Coke's headquartered, yeah. so like, of course. But I don't want a Sprite Coke. That's what they say. I know it is, and it's disgusting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's upsetting. My favorite, though, is entire map, duck, duck, goose, Minnesota, duck, duck, gray, duck. I will say, you converted me to the truth of Duck, <gasps> Duck, Gray Duck. Yay! Or maybe it wasn't you. I don't know. I know too many people from Minnesota. I believe it was me and Claire. We both yelled at you about this. That's right. All y'all, and I think maybe C did too, all y'all are like cult-like about that state. Yeah. I don't quite get it. We like Minnesota. I've only been once for a day, so I don't know. But the ability to fuck with somebody in Duck, Duck, Gray Duck is so much higher than in Duck, Duck, Goose. I agree. Yeah. They're waiting because once any sil- once any syllable comes out of your mouth that isn't duh, yeah, they you know you're safe. Yep. But it I don't know I don't know it's just it, it feels easier to fuck people. And also with two syllables it gives you a good wind up for that. Yep. Great duck or duck duck gross duck like and just like fuck with people. Duck duck grandma duck. Okay, we're way off topic. Anyway, Mitchell wrote a parody of I Will Survive called Back from the Outback. Oh, that's got to be horrible. Back from the Outback. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue super well. We're getting deep enough in now. We're six seasons. We're getting deep enough in now where I'm starting to forget some contestants. Oh, yeah. I had to really think about who Mitchell was for yeah. a second. Australia. Yeah, Australia. I got there quickly, but I Eventually, I'm just going to forget people. <laughs> In 2001, Kimmy was a guest presenter at Animal Fair's second annual canine comedy celebration. I read this beforehand, and I still, I had a hard time reading that. Again, being the agents for these people. <laughs> she got married in 2004, had two sons, but later divorced. That's fun. Not the divorce, divorce is fun. Not the divorce part. The canine comedy celebration. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. And our other email, Carl. Carl, his episode 8 email. Just a reminder, you're going to hear your emails later because of how we're recording this. 
So yes, so far I feel like I enjoy Marquesas and Amazon pretty much equally and would have a hard time deciding which I like better. Amazon's cast as a whole is slightly better, yes. but there's no one I quite enjoy as much as Sean, so I don't know. Oh, yes. No, that is true. Sean, mm-hmm. Sean stands head and shoulders above the rest, but the gap between Rob and Sean is not as big as the gap between Christy, Butch, hell, even Dave from like the Zoe and those people. I mean, Zoe's the one I remember. In the, work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> like th- that alliance of four is just so bland. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The problem with everyone being nice on modern seasons, for me, is that it takes the tension away. If I'm happy with whoever goes far and whoever wins, then the outcome doesn't matter as much, and therefore I'm less invested. That's true. Ironically for me, editors trying to make me like everybody results in me loving nobody. Although I've heard good things about season 44 contestants. Me scrubbing the name here. (laughs) Also, there are too many super fans, but that's another rant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel throwing somebody who doesn't know shit about the game in there. They're probably going to get voted out very early. I don't know. Or dragged as a goat. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is you have to have... You'd have to have very few super fans if you were going to do that. You can't do, like, 12 super fans and four mm. people who have never seen the show. <laughs> 44 seasons in, though, I feel like if you don't understand the concept of Survivor, obviously there's so many more intricacies that if you just are uh, passing by, it, it, you won't get those. But I don't know, man. It's also hard because it's so much more accessible to go back and watch the old seasons. Yeah. Like, you get cast in season nine of Survivor. Mm-hmm. If you, you're not going to be able to watch the other eight. You yeah. might, if you weren't watching along the whole time... You can't boot up Paramount Plus and binge them. Like, now if you know, okay, wow, I'm going to be on Survivor in six months, you can watch the entire show and become a super fan of that And people time. do. Of course. It'd be a disadvantage not to. Yeah. I want to see Jury Duty with Survivor. 15 actors, one real person, do Survivor. It's the Joe Schmo show. Yeah. No, but that's what Jury Duty is. Have you not heard of that? No, I've heard of Jury oh, okay. Duty. Yeah. I know what it is. Go, go watch it. It's... It's funny. I would watch an entire season of that. <laughs> okay, the ac- the actual meat of the email. I feel like Dave's big mistake was a couple episodes ago trying to align with Heidi and not Christy. Christy was basically screaming at them saying, I don't fit in on the women's tribe, but he made no move to get her on their side. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a lot this episode. But Chris, I don't know if that would have been any better because I don't think Christy's a very good survivor player. I mean, you're right, but we'll talk about that. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that I am fucked. Honestly, <laughs> Dave is one of my favorite minor characters in all six seasons so far. That, that is pretty good. Yeah. He's this odd combination of quirky and jockey that I enjoy. He is fun. Yeah. I just I, Personality-wise, wise, I think he's just fun to watch. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he fucks himself over and other people fuck him over, but he's just kind of chipper and, and fun. Yeah, I feel like Rob's hatred of Dave is in large part born of jealousy slash insecurity. Yeah. Beyond the goofy climbing a tree scene, I don't feel like we ever see Dave be arrogant or a jerk. No. Maybe a little clueless at times, but he's hardly a reason, it's hardly a reason to hate a guy. Could be stuff we didn't see, but I think it's mostly insecurity. I agree. It's kind of sad. It makes Rob look 
kind of pathetic, honestly. Like, whenever Dave's around, Rob becomes this really, like, sniveling, like, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but also, the entire this episode that we just watched. I'm, yeah. <laughs> uh, that being said, I thought he was mostly kidding in the Heidi bit. I don't remember what the Heidi bit was. Oh, Rob kidding about, like, I want to snuggle with Heidi. If it's be anybody, oh. it's going to be me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was mostly a joke, but it also is it, a bit of a power struggle weird thing. Like, it 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 felt a little too... It felt like he was trying to deflect it with humor, but, like, it was a real sore spot. If there's a joke and there's a twinge of the reality in there, then it's not a joke. That's true. It's just truth with happy bubbles around it. <laughs> truth with wit. Yeah. The fifty one fifty line is such a gem. Yes. Yeah. That's I was not knowing what that is and then going back and look it up. I'm like, damn, Dina is so sharp. D- Dina's a very intelligent human. And I mean, we knew that. And also she's Dina's a Dina. So like, of yeah. course she's going to know that. Dina's an attorney. Like, f- don't fuck with Dina. The question is, does Dave know what that is? Because Dave just nods along. And I don't think he knew what it was. Probably not. I mean, I'm going to give him credit. We didn't know what it means. Yeah. So, eh. Heard it suggested that maybe Twigs and Sticks, Nick's name, explained the Pick Up Sticks episode title. I had oh, to go. Yeah, I had to go back, and that was episode five. Was Pick Up Sticks? So it could be weird. It, it's a it's a deep reach if you're going that far into the future to be like, let me pull a title here. Yeah, or like the the person in charge of naming the episode. And the person in charge of editing the episode didn't talk to each other. Yeah. They didn't include the footage they were supposed to include. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Could okay. be. As funny as Crazy Matt's storyline is, I can't help but feel bad for the guy. He doesn't seem like a bad dude, just different. And Rob's fake compliment at Tribal Council probably felt good for him at the time that watching it back, he probably felt stupid and embarrassed. I mean, Rob said what he should have strategy-wise, but yeah. still. It's hilarious that he's... Uh, creepy but i feel bad at the same time yeah he's matthew contains multitudes yeah most of them weird (laughs) but also he's very self-aware for someone who's as weird as he is and again we'll talk about it in the episode but i feel like part of that we we learned so much about matthew by just meeting his mom yes and finally i feel like we haven't heard a lot from christy in a while that's because christy's not a very good survivor player (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right that's all the emails all right i'm sure we will have tons next time oh we man be. the next in, when you and i get to sit down and record again in two weeks uh, the floodgates will have opened send us your emails your thoughts we might have to distill those down a little more than normal fine it's up to you i can't Maybe. read them that's fair i will probably distill a little bit so be prepared all right bumper I have like a psychosomatic response to that now where I pick up my phone. Uh, I'm I'm Pavloving you just like I'm Pavloving my cat. Did you see did you see when my alarm went off because I hit snooze instead of Yeah. Of cancel my alarm? My cat was like, Are you fed twice? <gasps> yes. Oh also, I cut my pinky open on a mug. Ow! That's what no. it looks like right now. It's underneath that. Hate that. Yeah, I broke a porcelain mug and it sliced it. Volleyball was hard. <laughs> anyway. So this episode came out on April 1st of 2003. A couple things that happened in the week between episodes. The NFL draft happened with right. USC quarterback Carson Palmer, the first pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. I loved Carson Palmer. So for those of you that aren't football fans listening to this, 
Why would you be? It's a Survivor podcast. Carson Palmer is a really interesting story of being the number one overall pick, flunking out of the league, mostly because the Cincinnati Bengals were bad at the time. Yeah. Working at a super... No, wait, am I thinking of the right guy? Yeah, I'm thinking of the right guy. Uh, Carson Palmer didn't flunk out of the league. Like, he... Didn't he get the didn't he get the call to be on didn't he have a late resurgence with um late career resurgence with like the Cardinals? I wouldn't call it a resurgence. It was his like journeyman trip after the the team that was like you've been really good for us but we need to move on. Cuz he he was he was like a solid quarterback for them for a long time. I thought he was working at a grocery store bagging groceries when That's he got Kurt the Warner. Call. I'm thinking of Kurt Warner. Yeah. Fuck me. Okay, we'll ignore that whole story. <laughs> Carson Palmer is a quarterback. Moving on. I know this because I drafted him like all the time in my dad's fantasy football league when I was just like that the fucking kid next to him. Like, pick Carson Palmer. I'm I like, know him. Yeah, okay. Sure? Okay. Never mind. Jared shits his pants live on Mike. Moving Yay. on. In what becomes known as the mission accomplished speech, oh, no. U.S. President George W. Bush declares that major combat operations in Iraq have ended on board the USS Abraham Lincoln off the coast of California. We did it. We did it. Mission accomplished. No more wars. And the war, the war on terrorism was done, Stephen. And we definitely weren't in Iraq for, what, fucking 10 more years or whatever. And it ended in the Biden administration. No, no, that's Afghanistan. Oh, Iraq? Iraq was, we left during Obama's. You're right. But I don't remember when in Obama's. I don't either. We'll get there. (laughs) That's true. We we do enough episodes, we're going to get to everything. The everything. Everything. (laughs) The number one song of the charts is still into club. Hell yeah. At this point, just fucking run it up. I I knew that it would be a while because we're we're talking, what what day are we in? Are we in March? April? May. This May May 1st. Okay. I remember... A MTV special where they were like on a beach and the song is playing because it was still like super popular and I'm pretty sure it was in the summer. <laughs> Great. It has me say number one. Anyway, Malibu's Most Wanted comes in at number five. Confidence comes in at number four. Three, the thing that Peter's controlling, his holes. At, <laughs> at two, anger <laughs> management. And number one, identity. Have you ever heard of identity, Stephen? I only know born identity. Okay. When a vicious storm breaks out in the Nevada desert, 10 people seek refuge in an isolated motel. At the same time, a serial killer, Pruitt Tyler, Taylor Vince, under the care of psychiatric Dr. Malik, Alfred Molina, who has just found the killer's revealing journal, awaits execution for murdering a group of motel guests. When the storm-stranded travelers realize they're being killed off one by one, limo driver Ed Dakota, John Cusack, bids to stay alive and reveal the murderer's identity. What's the rating? This sounds bad. I'm going to go like a 33. This is actually good. What? Audience score 75. Whoa. Critic score 63. Okay. It, it, w- the critic consensus is that it's divisive. I will admit 100% that thrillers and horror movies are the biggest blind spot in my movie repertoire. Same. And also the hardest to tell by a synopsis if they'll be good or bad. Yeah. Because sometimes a inherently bad horror movie makes for good movie. Correct. And I don't get it. It That drives me nuts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm upset for no reason. <laughs> remind me, we don't, we're already running long on this episode. It's going to be a long episode. I'm not going to talk about it now, but remind me sometime to talk about uh, some of the background history on why the queer community loves horror movies. Okay. 
You heard, representation. You heard him. Send the email. Remind us. Remind us. Two weeks. Tell us we have to talk about the Babadook. That's the only interconnecting bit I know. Okay, anyway. Moving on to the episode. Episode 12, Sour Grapes. Oh, yeah, they are. Just the whole episode is Sour Grapes. It's a lot. It's a fucking temper tantrum. Yeah. Like, okay. This is going to be an overarching umbrella about a lot of what we talk about this episode. Go on. Jenna, and I say it's it, Heidi and Jenna. Jenna's the most vocal, but Heidi's also this way. You both knew who Rob was. Like, Rob did the same thing to you that he did to his old tribe. Mm-hmm. He realized he was on the bottom, and he put himself on top. And you fucking loved it when he did it with you. Don't be mad. Like, I mean, be mad, but like... To be like, you would betray people that are close to you and blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck off with that shit. Are you saying that they would ever look themselves in the eye and say, the thing that you did was bad. And we're going to do it at the end of this episode. We're going to do it. I'm going to do it and it's going to be okay. What's funny is, I don't, I'm very skeptical if Rob can win this game. But if he does, it is because of this episode. Okay. Because like I said at the end of last episode, you just set three jury votes on fire. And then I think he somehow pieces the ashes back together. Mm. Because let's say that Jenna and Heidi are on the jury. Personally, I think he's going to bring Heidi to the final two still. I think that shot I called early was, ah. <laughs> but let's just say that it's that Jenna and Heidi are both on the jury and Rob makes final two. If they come at him with this, like, you betrayed us, you stabbed us in the back, he... he gets to point out their hypocrisy and go, we did it to Christy. So, cause you two were on the bottom and you did the same thing with me. Mm-hmm. You just needed me to be the one to do all the dirty work. Rob is filthy acts done at a reasonable price. <laughs> we did it to Christy. I mean, we also we fucking did it to other people. Who yeah. Was, who was the merge one? We did it to, uh, Rob Roger Roger yeah I mean that one that one is harder it's easier for them to wriggle out of because it's like yeah we all fucking hated Roger yeah and it's like yeah but like nobody hates Christy Jenna does but won't admit it yeah that's that's a whole different (laughs) no in order the opposite of love is not hate the opposite of love is indifference and Jenna is indifferent about Christy I don't even know about indifferent she just she seems actively just like I'm not giving you my attention I'm not giving you anything yeah, it's very mean girl. But anyway, let's... Yeah, so that's sort of like a lot of the context of this episode, I feel okay. like. We open up and we feel more betrayed. This is Jenna. I feel more betrayed than I have ever in my lifetime. Is this the first really bitter vote-off we've seen? Because the only one I could think that was with a tribe big enough that it would be bitter, right? Would have been like the hunter backstab in Marquesas. But really, Dina was the only one outside of that. I think that was her name as well. I think it was another Dina. No. Sarah, wasn't it? No. Maybe it was, it was Gina. The one that she, Jeff had a crush oh, on. you're right. Okay. She was the only one on the outside of that. So like one person being bitter, not as big of a deal as like two people in your tribe. I don't think we've seen explosions like this at camp about votes. They're in and they're out, but this does feel like a different level. Yeah. Yeah. And... Just this whole opening section is Jenna going off and Heidi going off. And he betrayed me. He betrayed me and Heidi. We hate him. Me and Heidi can never forgive him. Ever. I hate him. He hurt me so much. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. 
<laughs> and then Rob tries to get in there. Rob's like, I don't hate Alex. Like, I like Alex, but there was... I, I didn't think he was always being truthful to me. I think, like, he... Th- there wasn't a good place for me to go forward with him. And he's right. But also, like, it doesn't it doesn't calm down the ladies at all. What is actually kind of funny is Alex is being too truthful with him. Correct. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Is... The thing that got him was his his truthfulness. Yeah. Oops. Which I think also is a different reflection of modern seasons versus old seasons. Now you have a lot of people that understand the game they're playing, and they respect the game they're playing. When somebody makes a move on them, sure, they're bitter, but they're never going to show anyone else that. Yeah. Uh, And they are not going to... It's not going to be like a, oh, I'm so hurt that you betrayed me. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, fuck, you betrayed me, and that hurts. But I underst- I would do the same thing to you. Like, everyone would... We now have seasons of Robs. Yeah. Very few people are, on a modern season, are going to be... Ride or die. Sour grapes. Yeah. And be like, you fucked me over so hard, you will never get my vote. Usually it's, you fucked me over so hard... I don't know how I can't vote for you at this point. Right? Like, you, you you, done got me. I got got. And I love that. Something about the game-recognized game. I like that better, though it can be taken too far. I agree. Like, and I think that by the end of this season, we'll have some more game-recognized game. I mean, hell, I think if Rob makes it to Final 2, Dina's gonna, my question, her question's gonna be walk up and go like, hey, Rob, you have my vote, and sit back down. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter who the fuck it is. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. All right, moving on. Oh, yeah, after that, they have a little, like, huddle around the campfire where they're like, hey, (laughs) everyone's going around saying their bit about what happened at Tribal. And Matt's like, I don't hold ill will to you. You voted for me, and I I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, Matt, wait, that's really smart in a suit. What? But, But I don't forget... Okay, well, you lost it. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we had it, and we lost it. And then everybody except for Jen and Heidi talks. Have you ever had a roommate situation that has gone, like, brutally sour? Jared, I have told you my roommate stories. That's what this is. If you ever had, like, one that goes nuclear, where, like, the people in the house that are trying to be adults mm-hmm. are like, okay, let's talk this through. And usually also probably the people that are on the better side of it, like, people that didn't get hurt as much. And the other two are just not saying anything and just like, mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. ever have an extra 10 minutes in an episode, I will tell my, my roommate stories because they're, they're something else. Okay. <laughs> um, and also, Butch has been buried. Butch has been buried. The only times we have seen him since the merge are in the boat with Matthew. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm being told what to do. I'm, I'm the chain. He's the chain. I'm waiting for my votes. Oh, boy. Okay. And, yeah. Heidi and Jenna eventually say their piece to Rob, but away from the circle, and they're bawling and just angry. And that's the end of that night. It's it's just a lot. Day 31 arrives. The shelter is leaking. <laughs> and Whoops. Let's, let's, all right, team, let's fix this shelter. Let's, let's do a little better. And we're going to make a fire shelter, but for people. That's just called a shelter. So, you you see this thing where we put the uh, these trees and these logs and these things like right next to the fire to protect it. We call that foreshadowing. Yeah, 
We're gonna do the same thing, but for our stuff. Anyway, everyone's out working for this, and, well, I shouldn't say everyone. Most everyone's working, and Jenna and Heidi sit at camp and just look pissed. Yeah. The whole time. And this is something else, too. Like, if... the What Rob says later about Jenna being the person to take the final two is correct, if not stupid. I actually think Heidi is the better person to take to win. Part of your argument is, they didn't do shit. They didn't do shit around camp. They didn't do fuck all. Nah. Unless there's stuff that we didn't see, but... There's been constant complaints from other survivors that they are just not pulling their weight. Mm-hmm. And we keep seeing it. Like, at different points of the game, other people working and them doing nothing. It's it's a little bit like that mean girl princess mentality. Yeah. It's not great. And I think, they, I think the two of them do bring out the worst in each other. I agree. I agree. So, it starts raining. Everyone scrambles. Everyone does what they have to do. While this is happening, Heidi is trying to rope in Christy. When we're gone, you're next to Christy. Like they're just if they're picking us off, if it's if it's Heidi, if it's Jenna, you're next. Like I don't think you see this. I don't Christy agrees with that premise right away, and I think that's kind of foolish. Why would you be the next one to go after that, Christy? Like uh, what makes you more of a threat to vote off than Butch or Matthew. I mean, sure, maybe Matthew wins immunity. Or Rob. Like, mm. the three of you could turn on Rob. You also have votes. People have talked this entire game of getting rid of Matthew, and, like, what makes you think that you are lower on the totem than Matt? Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. But she just agrees and goes, yeah. He probably. And, hey, um, Heidi and Jenna... Maybe if you had saw Christy as a human being for the first 30 days of this show, maybe she'd be receptive to that argument. This is Matt's power. Or, sorry, this is Rob's power. Mm -hmm. It's actually the non-psychotic version of Brian's power. Ooh. He has developed interpersonal relationships with every single person on the tribe. Yeah. And at times when he didn't need them. And I don't know if it's always strategic. I think he's a very naturally charismatic guy. But then he has credibility when he can go to Christy, who's on the bottom, and go, hey, let's work together. And you have that relationship versus people that have ignored you and treated you like shit for a month and made you work around camp while they laid in the sun. And then the script is flipped and they're like, hey, uh, you can help us, actually. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference. And that's what it means. This is actually a good comparison between Heidi and Jenna and... Christy in the importance of interpersonal relationships. They they treat it like a loyalty pledge. Like a fucking death pact. Yeah. Like, okay, we have our clique and those are the people that matter. Versus Rob, that's like, I need one-on-one connections with every single person in this game. And Brian did a similar thing, but Brian's were based on manipulation and control. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I think Rob is like, I... He sees the game as like an hourglass. He's like, I'm going to sit. I am the pivot point of this hourglass. And that's where I want to stay the entire time. So anytime the sand is all shifted to one side, I'm going to flip it back around. And I I think Rob is genuinely interested in these people. That too. And I I think he shows a little bit of like, I'm not as interested in Matt than I maybe let on. But even still, he's like honest and says, you know what? I've been lying to you, and shows some genuine compassion for these people. 
Whereas <laughs> Brian is just a sociopath, and I want to make people feel special so I can use them as pawns in my game. Yes. <laughs> which is where you get the, the funny shtick of, like, the chain with Matthew, which is still manipulation. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But in-game manipulation. Yeah. Not, I'm going to break this person down to their studs and control them as an automaton. Yes. So moving forward, after that talk, Rob and Christy talk, and Christy just can't believe that, like, these girls are coming to me after all that we've seen so far. Like, they can't believe that I'm going to last longer than the, these other girls. Can you believe it? I could be the last girl here. She should be. She should be. If she, if she came to Survivor to play Survivor, she would be. I agree. But... We'll get into it later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And, yeah, she's, she's just so excited. The guys are more fun. They're more honest. They like me. And <laughs> she's like, yeah, so now they want to talk to me? And this, I think, is the most telling. Is Christy says, so now I need to decide if it's better for me to win a million dollars or to be the last girl standing. And it's really hard. And I'm like, what? Christy. No. There's This premise is so flawed in so many ways. And like I said, Christy, as I said in the previous episode, Christy did not come on Survivor to win Survivor. I don't think she ever thought that was a possibility. And then it got to the point where it could be. Mm -hmm. And she hadn't done the mental prep before the game. She hadn't done the strategizing during the game. And suddenly she is in way over her fucking head. Yeah. Because neither of those fallacies are true. Or neither of those options are true. They're both fallacies. And choosing neither is the worst option, which is what she does. Yes. So just because, like, you can win a million dollars, and actually if you win a million dollars, you, you, are, be, you yeah. are the last girl standing. Correct. Flipping with Heidi and Jenna does not guarantee that you win. It doesn't guarantee that you win that vote. Because yeah. it's three versus three. Yeah. You gotta bring somebody with you. We don't know that she has the power to do that. It doesn't sound like she does. Maybe, maybe, maybe she had Butch. Maybe. And maybe this episode looks very different if Rob goes home. And maybe it is the story of Christy and, like, getting Butch and, like, the stuff that we see. We see a very, very different side of camp. But, man, she's just not a good survivor player. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if she comes back. Well, you'll tell me later. Yep. I hope she does because I think she could be if she comes in with the mentality of, okay, I can win this. Because we're coming in with the mentality of, I am here to be a role model. Very important. But that mentality screwed her so bad. Because she's like, I'm here to be to be a story, not to be a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Going to keep moving to the reward challenge. We have a, a multi-stage reward challenge. And it, it's fun. It's, there are four paddles buried in the sand. You find a paddle, you move on. You then get to go over to a boat, and you paddle out to a question. You take a puzzle piece bag with how you answer the question, and then you go back to shore and hope that your bag has the correct puzzle pieces in it. The first two to do that get to move on, and then the first person to solve the puzzle wins. How'd you feel about this challenge? This is a very well-constructed challenge. Yeah. Multiple fail points, multiple different skill sets. Mm -hmm. You are There's a little bit of luck in the beginning, but also, you can increase your odds 
by being better. Like, the more holes you dig, the more likely you are to find a paddle. Ergo, the faster you are, yeah. the more likely you are. But you could still just get a bad draw. Having the boat that's a little bit rocky, that's hard to paddle, and having that other option of swim, great. It's Those options are not anywhere near equal, mm-hmm. as we see. Also, Jeff being like, you might get eaten by a crocodile. Didn't like that. Didn't like that. Didn't like that. And then having the last bit be a puzzle. I love when challenges end on a puzzle. It creates an actual... Like, this This challenge is not close. No, It not is not even close. And Jeff tries to make it close. It's not close. But it would have been so much less close if there wasn't a puzzle at the end. I agree. There's at least a little bit of suspension of disbelief of, like, minuscule. Fucking minuscule. <laughs> but, like, maybe Matt's really bad at this puzzle. Yeah. And what later Survivor will do is have a stop point in these kinds of challenges where, okay, you made it to this part great we pause we reset to the next phase and then two people start on even ground so matt doesn't get ahead and <laughs> continues to be ahead and then no one can catch him they already kind of do that they do sometimes so, yeah but yeah he's too good at that boat yeah you stuck him in a boat for 30 days he knows how to use him he's the only one who can maneuver that boat and probably the only one physically gifted enough to hold his core to maneuver <laughs> that boat Anyway, he wins, and the reward is a visit from a loved one, and he is the only one who gets a visit from a loved one. Until Jeff says, all right, here's the deal. You can trade your visit for everyone else's family to come. Hey, this fucking sucks. It does, doesn't it? This fucking sucks. It's a false choice. You are never, ever going to pick yourself. Yeah. How in the fucking world? It actually robs us something like that in confessional. And if I would actually be, this season would be tainted if he didn't get the actual reward. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you gotta get rid of fucking Matthew. Yeah. You gotta. That guy gets this final tune and he gets to say, yeah, I let you all see your family and I didn't get to see mine. And then he wins. Yeah. Do you think any one of the other contestants would have made the deal? Or not made the deal. I feel very, very confident that Christy, Matthew, and Rob all would have. Mm -hmm. And Butch. Yes. I'm somewhat confident Heidi would have. Mm -hmm. I don't think Jenna would have. I agree with that assessment 100%. Oh, it's beautiful. But yeah, you're right. It didn't even matter because after we spend... What? What did Ten you minutes? say? Ten minutes. I was like, this, this. I was like, this doesn't feel like a like a winner. Like Matt got a reward that he lost. Like he won the challenge and then he lost and then he didn't. It's he wins again. Dumb. Yeah. So then everyone leaves. They all get on a boat and then what's that? Another boat on the horizon coming in and it's Matt's mom, Sean's dad, Sean's dad again <laughs> in a full on cruiser yacht down the down the Amazon River. Oh, boy. Anyway, you get a, a full-on meal, and you get to go visit an Amazonian village. But not really. But not really. It's, it, the whole reward is weird. I mean, if you just didn't call it an Am- If you didn't do this, like, weird non-swap thing, or non-give-it-up-for-them, like, and didn't call it an Amazonian village, like, if just, like, they got their ten minutes with their family... And then Matt got to go on this longer reward. Yeah. What did fine. But I was like, oh, we're going to do like the Africa AIDS thing again. <laughs> and then, oh no, we're in an, we're in like a structure with a bunch of food. Okay. Yeah. And then these people get to perform for me. Yes. All right. Which 
when they when they came like first i didn't seem like they told matt and his mom they were coming because his mom's like what is that and i'm like ah they've come to do the sacrifice on matt <laughs> they've come to ah uh, yes of course and it is it's a little terrifying of listen the... if i'm an indigenous person and i see a white person hang out in my village done it's on site. We've seen this history play out. We know how this shit goes. Oh, no. Fair. What did you... Did you have any thoughts about Matt's interactions with his mom? I wrote down one. Okay, go on. It's going to be a romantic evening. I think it... I mean, it obviously was a joke. Yeah. But he's not good with jokes. He's not good at them. Neither is she. Neither is she. She is so like straight laced and like I'm gonna tell it like it is to him, and it it just shows me so much about how he is, how he is. His his family's dump stat is charisma. Yes, correct. <laughs> On a charisma based game. <laughs> oh, although man. like I, I do see Matt's path to win now. Sucks. No, I like Matt more than I thought I did. Matt says, my mom is tough. She's independent. And then they have this whole back and forth about Matt being too formal with his mom. And I just, I find it so funny. Of Matt, like, lighten up, dude. We're, we're here in the Amazon. I'm, I'm here. Like, show some emotion. They're both so weird. Yeah, I love it. If you had told me that was the first time that they had ever met, I would believe you. <laughs> I want to jump back to the challenge for one second the question in the middle of the challenge was about venomous snakes which amazonian snake is the most deadly i'm gonna give you the four options uh-huh pit viper coral snake vine snake anaconda it's the fucking anaconda anaconda's a squeezer yeah it didn't say it didn't say most venomous it said most deadly most deadly correct yeah so it was not anaconda it was it was not the answer the anaconda, or the the answer. And what does deadly mean in that context? Then um, probably the most deaths per year. I guess. I, I'm. Sh- I think it was better explained on the actual question. I'm sure it was. But I boiled it down to most deadly. If it's most venomous, it's the pit viper. It was the pit viper. Okay. It the, yeah. It was the correct question answer. Uh, also, I want one more thing from Matt. It was really touching to see all the tears, all the emotion. I felt like I was a god for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not even a god. I felt like I was god. <laughs> you give Matt... This is the thing. I joked about Rob not being able to trust with the power. You cannot trust Matt with power. No, god, no. Not Matt has that. tasted power twice in this game. And once, he bullied Butch into only speaking to him on a boat. And the second time, he called himself god. I am god. Matt cannot be trusted with power. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh. Just good, good stuff all around on that. Also, this is this is the farthest the fish economy has ever gotten anybody. I don't count season one because Rich is the one playing the game. Sure. Like Matt saved his ass by the fish economy, and now he's in the final five. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> all right, final six. Sorry, final five, final six. Well, now he's in final five. Yeah, now he's in the final five. Yep. Back at camp, spirits are up. Everyone's was drinking and continues to drink. Butch is drunk. Butch might have shit himself. <laughs> Possibly. We we're, never answer that question. We're definitely hinting that like somebody got so drunk that they shit themselves, and we don't know who. Okay. Fun fact. Okay. Did oh did you shit yourself? No, I've never shit myself. Okay. I am deathly afraid of it. 
I had a dream the other night, it was like a week ago, that I shouldn't have trusted a fart and I like shit my pants. No. And when I woke up, I was like, oh no! And it didn't happen. I don't know what spawned the dream. No idea. It was unrelated to the rest of the dream. But I was like, oh no. It's one of those things of like, you, your body did the function and then it was in your dream and that's why it did it. <laughs> no. I have, that's my biggest fear is like... Every once in a while, I'll have a dream that, like, oh, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. And then the minute that that bathroom scene d- d- pops up in my head, I shoot away because I'm like, I know where this is going. Ah, see, that's interesting. Okay, I don't. What is this podcast? <laughs> Sometimes if I have really high blood sugar while I'm sleeping, mm-hmm. that makes you have to urinate uh, and makes you dehydrated. And so I will have that dream and. I've never, I, should, I, I need everyone to know, I have never pissed my bed, but I, I can piss multiple times in a dream and there's just no relief. Hmm. And I'm like, why, why is it not getting better? Why? And then I wake up after like the third time, I'm like, oh, that's why. I'll admit it. I've done it. I've, I've, I will say it. Oh, like, no. I, certainly not on purpose. Like, that's the whole reason. Of re- course. That's the whole reason that I'm like, ah, yes, bathroom. Nope. Because wow. I, I, I know where this is going. Yeah, I guess if I ever did, I would probably be more alert to waking up the first Exactly. Time. It hasn't happened in like a long time, but I'm just saying, it's happened. This is the most embarrassing subject we've talked about in this podcast. Is it? Yes. All right. Moving on. <laughs> it is the, the spirits are up. Everyone's happy at camp. And Rob's in a Speedo for whatever reason. We don't really... He says it's like a rap video. I don't know. It's very strange. I think he's saying like, oh, we're all like partying. Is why it's like it's a rap video. The important part of this is it was Rob's opportunity to kiss and make up with the the two ladies. And... And it looks like it works. It looks like it works. And it looks like, hey, maybe... Maybe I could take Heidi and, and Jenna still. Hmm. Well... We'll save that for later. Surely that'll go well. Yeah. He also, he has the aside about how anybody would have fucking did the same thing. We've He's not the patron saint of reward challenges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's I love that. That's I think that's my favorite quote of the entire season. That's a good one. Yeah. Because again, it's a non-choice. But what he's saying is that Matt was my beatable person. Yeah. I was going to take him. But now he's not so beatable because of that stupid reward challenge. And I don't know that that really weighs the scales. But I think that Matt has slowly become... Like, Matt has a great story if he Mm -hmm. gets to the final two. And could beat Rob in a final two, depending on how people are grading. It just takes a couple bitter bitter jury members to flip that. You never really know. And his his story would be, yeah, I'm a fucking weird guy. I am who I am. And it wasn't working for a while and you guys wanted me out and I persevered and I showed how useful I am and I made the right alliances and I am here right now and I didn't backstab anybody and I played an honest game while still doing what I had to do and that's a great counter argument to Rob yeah Matt is the most dangerous person in the final two for Rob Mm. that's still left in this game okay Mm. love that cool while this is happening Jenna and Heidi are like, let's fucking take out Rob. He's such a slime ball. I need him gone. He betrayed us. Let's let's take him out. And th- there's like all these conversations happening. It, it ends up in like a big blowout. And I don't know, like just this whole section just makes, I don't like it. It's messy. It's messy. And Rob 
to his credit, does exactly what he has to do. Uh-huh. Now, is this after he's talked to Jenna about maybe going to the final two? Yes. Okay, so, so he, that's an important context, because I think that was a stupid fucking thing to do. And I think Rob is saved by having such good connections with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, as I mentioned earlier, seeing them as people and friends when they when he had nothing to gain from it. And being honest with Matt and being like, hey man, I was playing you. Yeah. I'm not now, but I was. Now, going to Jenna and saying, I think you're the person I can beat. Come I think with you're me. beatable. What the fuck is that, man? What are you doing? Because first of all, she's pissed at you. She's going to go back to the to the rest of the tribe. Wait until... If you want to do this, vote out Heidi this week. Mm. And then do it. Yeah. Also... That's an insult to her. Yeah. You just uh, you just insulted her to her face and then said, help me. What the fuck are you doing? Let's play out this hypothetical. Say that Rob and Jenna make it to final two. Who wins that? I mean, it kind of depends on how it happens. Okay. And But I mean, I don't know, man. Because Jenna has two votes in her pocket. Probably. Probably. If she had to cross Heidi in a way that pissed Heidi off, maybe she doesn't. But uh, that's... I agree with his... I agree with his math, but it's it's worrying a little too far ahead. And it's really sloppy for Rob, and he's also saved by the fact that Jenna does a very public blow-up. Okay. Because if she goes along with it, if she could temper her emotions and not throw a public temper tantrum, and goes and gets Christy... And mentions it to Matt and like does these one on ones. This could be Rob's last episode. Mm. Yeah. Because now, from their perspective, oh, Rob's trying to backstab me again instead of, oh, Rob was talking to Jenna and Jenna flew off the handle. Yeah. You give a very thought provoking answer, but you didn't give an actual answer. You didn't give a definitive decision, oh, I think. Yes. Uh, I I do think Rob wins that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think each of them have two votes locked up. Because I think Matthew and Dina would go for Rob, and Alex and Heidi would go for Jenna. And the rest of them swing Rob. Okay. All right. Cool. So, yeah, Rob's just like, you know what, fine, if you feel like voting me out, write my name on the parchment tomorrow, I don't care. And Heidi, in a weird sense of clarity, is like, I, I get it, this is a game, I understand that, but no one else is is doing this except for you. Because you've all used him to do it for you. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Nobody complained, and I think the rest of them recognize this, yep. nobody complained when Rob's uh, filthy acts at a reasonable price... <laughs> We're on their side. And a reasonable price. And then we have one more pitch from Heidi trying to pull in Christy. Like, you gotta go with us. If you don't go with us, you're gonna get voted out. And Christy's like, but how can I trust Jenna? Yeah, she fucking hates Jenna, man. Like, (laughs) Jenna does not like me. And I don't like Jenna at this point. So why would I do that? And Heidi's sitting there like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that. Heidi does not have a good rebuttal. Uh huh. So then we move into the immunity challenge. I love this challenge. Me too. It's a great challenge. It's a great challenge, and hitting your own plates instead of other people's, awesome. Yeah. So there's a slingshot and plates, which we've used in other seasons. 
you use a slingshot, you break plates, but if you break your plate, you get a puck in a shuffleboard game that you're playing next. And sometimes you hit your own, and other times Butch is hitting your plates and giving you advantages here. <laughs> Jenna gets 37 pucks yeah, as everyone just destroys her plates. They do, I think they do like five or six rounds, and Jenna and Butch end up with five. Heidi gets four, Christy gets three, Rob gets two, and Matt gets one. <laughs> And Rob almost wins! Rob almost wins. And you go in rounds, so everyone shoots first, yep. and whoever has any left goes again. Also, Christy's fucking awful at this Christy, challenge. I, I did note that down. Christy is terrible at this game. Does not figure it out. No! You have three chances to figure it out, and she just doesn't. Does not even get like, close. I give anyone the benefit of the doubt to be like, oh... I, uh, this... The first one's hard to gauge. It is. It's literally sand on the table. You're like, I don't know how well this is going to slide. Second one, you should get a little closer. Yeah. It, it goes less far. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't learn from our mistakes, Jared. Anyway, there is a lot of... It, it's very interesting to watch. I don't know that we can describe it very well, but this is a great challenge, and people are sliding around. Rob somehow gets like pushed into the winning position up until almost the very end where Heidi knocks him out and then Jenna knocks Heidi out. So And hey, guess what? <laughs> still no physical challenges for immunity. Still no physical challenge. And the result of that last one didn't matter anyway. Correct. <laughs> so the, the results of this one matter. The results of what one? This immunity challenge. I think if Jenna doesn't win immunity, she goes home. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> because she eventually, she gives up her... Oh, that's anyway. true. You're right. I totally forgot about that. What a fucking idiot. It, it does not matter, really. Like, You're I, right. I'm sure it, it plays a little bit into people's mindset going in, but no, nah, she's not going home. Maybe she must have done it to secure Heidi's vote. Possibly. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. So anyway. Heidi, Jenna's a better game player than Heidi. Yes. I agree. So, that happens. Rob goes to Christy. He's like, all right, we're all set. Who are you voting for? And Christy's like, I don't know. Not a good answer. I'm not sure. Not a good answer, Christy. Like, you're, you're not sure? Like, are you... Okay, <laughs> Rob takes her on a walk. Like, fucking what? What are you talking about? You're all she sure. has to do to stay in the game is say, yeah, I'm, go I'm going with you. Yeah. I'm going with the plan. Even if she's not going with the plan. She probably is the person you take to final two. Yeah. Her or Butch? Like, the fuck are you doing? It's, it's a bad move. It's a terrible move. Yeah. And so Rob immediately scrambles, goes to the other two ladies, is like, so Christy? And, and this is kind of what I mean about, like, Christy having not played to win up until this point. Mm -hmm. Because now suddenly she knows the stakes. Like, before... The stakes for her were being accepted, surviving, mm -hmm. being around for a long time. And now the stakes are a million fucking dollars, which they always were, but she didn't realize. Or she didn't actualize that. She wasn't playing for that. She thought it was outside the realm of possibility. And now is frozen in indecision and is a little too high on her own supply. Yeah. She's like, I, oh, I am the swing vote. And people... There, I, it's so funny watching the different opinions of people that realize they're the swing swing votes. Because some people are like, "Fuck, I'm the swing vote, god damn it!" And some people are like, "I'm the swing vote, ooh, ooh yeah, baby." <laughs> and Christy is 
Just feeling herself a little too much. Yeah. At Tribal, she actively says open to everyone, I feel great. I'm the swing vote. I, I have power in this game. And Jeff's like, really? And we're all like, Christy, no. Christy, yeah. even if you do, don't say that. Mm-hmm. And of course she doesn't because she goes home. Other points from this Tribal... Alex's mustache and Horrible. Dave's mustache. They go Horrible. They go full on like practically, practically Fu Manchu. Yeah. I don't think it is because there's other stuff going on too, but it's it's something. It's bad. Yeah. And Jenna says, sometimes people just don't like you. And I sit there and I'm like, sometimes you just don't like Christy. Yeah, I didn't feel like that's what she was because again, no, I don't, it's not I don't what she, she was saying. Yeah, I don't think she just likes Christy because again, she would have to see Christy as a human being. Correct. She doesn't. <laughs> and then goes on to say, "I've had to work twice as hard to stay in this game." Fuck off! No, you haven't. I agree. I like Jenna. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong, and I do think that oftentimes the the young small women do because you're a target pre merge. Because you probably are a little bit more of a liability in a team-based challenge. Jenna, you personally have not. No. You haven't scrambled. You, you haven't have... you haven't done work in the camp. Uh-huh. You've you you're scrambling. This is your first time you've scrambled on the bottom. Yes. You scrambled at the tribe swap, which we didn't get to see, unfortunately. But you weren't scram you weren't scrambling from the bottom. No. You were scrambling to secure yourself in the future. Yeah. So she's always worked from a power position. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. She's never been on the wrong side. This is really a lot of what this episode is, is Heidi and Jenna getting their first taste of being on the bottom. Yeah. And they're there for a day (laughs) because Christy feels, Christy's like, I'm on top and Mm -hmm. doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And Rob's mentality of anything short of being the sole survivor is a letdown and good. Yeah. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. It's not for everyone. And Christy gets voted out in a four to two vote. That means Rob pulled Matt. Yeah. You mean Rob told Matt what to do? Yeah. Because <laughs> we show Butch. We broke the chain. Butch didn't Butch need didn't Butch's know. vote. And I don't know if we didn't trust Butch or... I think they were about Butch telling Christy. We saw them two get very close before the merge, and then we kind of seen Butch not exist. I wouldn't be surprised if the two of them have continued to get very close. Yeah. How do you think Christy does in a future Survivor? Actually, I think better. Okay. I, like, obviously her position is good. Yep. Final six is good. The way she got there is not. She often wasn't on the right side of the votes. She wasn't, she was always brought in as like a, oh yeah, Christy, until (laughs) Rob was around her. And then Rob's like, ooh, somebody that nobody's paying attention to. Great. That's someone for me to bring in. Yep. And notice I don't say use, because I don't think Rob uses her. Brings her in and tries to work with her. And Christy goes, ah, we'll see. I like oh, what you're no, doing. I, maybe no. I want to be the Rob. And Rob's like, oh, we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with like with that knowledge, if she came in trying to win the game, I actually think she could. She's likable. She's yeah. pretty decent at the challenges. She's not a challenge beast, but you know, she's pretty good at puzzles. She's never like the last person. And she has a good story yes, as well. And that's why I think this range, six to like four, is where she's going to sit every single time. Yeah, I mean, you do run into that risk, right? But I mean, hey, modern Survivor, everyone has a sob story. It's true. So maybe that's not as big of a deal. But as it stands, she's not 
a, she's not a bad survivor player, but she's not a good survivor player. Okay. And that's unfortunate. I also did notice that uh, in her post-show her, her post-confessional, yeah. So when she gets really emotional, she signs. Yeah. Which I, I was wondering with the letter if that was the case or if it was because of her, if her friend was also deaf. And it could be both things. Um, which I know that people that speak multiple languages, or in this case, sign another one, when they get it's emotional. It's another language, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just not spoken. Uh, they they sometimes can swap between them when they're very emotional. Yes. Also, she doesn't blame Rob. Doesn't blame Rob. In her post. She blames the wicked stepsisters. I love that. I love that so much. The evil stepsisters. The evil stepsisters, me too. And that means that if one of the two of them makes final two, which I think, again, I still think it's Rob and Heidi, mm. that's a lockdown vote for Rob. It's She actively says, I will not vote for those two. Yeah. I want to make sure that they lose. Yeah. So, keep that in mind. Anyway. Oh, and protagonist? Oh, yeah. Give me your protagonist. Fucking Rob! It's Rob. It has to be Rob. It's always Rob. Yeah. It's not always Rob, but it's very much Rob this episode. <laughs> Man, there are three people so far that we've seen that have changed the game, have, like, made the game take... Or four that have made the game take big steps. Rich, obviously. Yep. As the grandfather of Survivor. Yep. Boston Rob. If I had a nickel for every Rob that changed the game, I'd have two nickels. It's not a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> uh, Vesepia, but we didn't get to see it. And mm-hmm. I actually think the way that she played the game did change it. Because her final tribal is laid out her resume really well. And I think people that were paying attention mm-hmm. noticed that. Okay. Even if it's not something that we... that if, Even if it's something that they tried to bury. And then Rob. And Rob is a huge leap forward. Okay, wait. I want to run back that list for you. I Rich, Rich. Boston Rob, Vesepia, Rob. There we go. Okay. Yep. Got it. Cool. Well, Christy does not come back. That's really unfortunate. It is. But I also understand because she's not very good at Survivor. She's not very good. She does want to come back, though. She is actively open to coming back. Uh, one of her biggest regrets is that she didn't sign as much as she could have on the show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And... Part of that she attributes to like being around people who are not deaf. So. Right. They can't understand sign language and they yeah. can hear you. Yeah. So that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. But she's super proud that she played the game. She's super proud of how she did. And she should be. Yeah. I also want to say with all that I said of her not being good at the game, she she should be proud. Yes. And she overcame a lot of adversity. And not just like, I'm not just saying like, oh, because she's deaf, but like the adversity of like her tribe not being very kind to her mm-hmm. that whole time and like making it through that. And like, think about like Shauna having a meltdown and like Christy's like, half the tribe won't communicate with me. What the fuck are you crying yeah, about? Yeah, seriously. And she goes out and <laughs> after Survivor, like after she's finished filming this, she went home and then to like avoid people and like people like trying to pry in and ask how things were or like ask her really surround her about survivor she just like up and went to south asia oh yeah okay she's like peaced out she also does a lot of work with like teaching people in uh poorer communities and around the world who are deaf or hard of hearing Mm. and like struggle with communication so she is actively doing good things she doesn't talk to anybody else from Survivor. Just people okay. went 
their separate ways, but she really wants to play, and she is always watching. So Christy's very cool. I wish I her Christy. game would have evolved, but that's the way the news goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> All right. Anything else? This is such a good season, man. It is. It really is. Oh, so good. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turkey Back Time podcast. We have a final vibe. We do. Meaning exactly who we would have expected. Exactly who you would have expected. Right? <laughs> what would you like to promote? I would like to promote... It's probably something we, by osmosis, promote all the time. But inclusion. I don't think it's... I Just since this is the Christie episode, even though she's not the protagonist of it. Sorry. Yeah. Her tribe could have made life a lot easier on her. I, I, I say that she was... Like, I kind of blame her for not playing the game harder. But also, like, her tribe wasn't playing it with her for a long time. Yeah. And people weren't playing it with her. Rob was kind of the only person playing it with her. And then she made one big misstep, but that was enough. And in a world where she, I mean, hopefully in the world of 2023 and moving forward, where it's, we're working towards being more inclusive towards, towards, you know, whatever disabilities, different type of ablements, all that kind of stuff. She doesn't have as huge of a roadblock. Mm -hmm. She, She doesn't have to spend the first 25 days proving that she deserves to be there. Or, like, working through those barriers to then have to try to catch up to learn how to play the strategy part of the game at the end. I love it. So, inclusion. Nice. I'm going to promote nostalgia. Hmm. It's a hell of a drug. It is. Yeah. It's what this whole podcast is founded on. It's true. Except for me. It's this whole podcast. I love it so much. And I'm playing Pokemon Gold, so there's that. Gen 2 is the best gen. It really is. Well, I have... Nostalgia tells me Gen 3 is, but Gen 2 is the best gen. I will actively disagree with you, and it doesn't matter. What's your, what's the best gen for you? 2. Oh, okay. No, no, I said nostalgia tells me that 3 is, but I objectively know that 2 is. Sure. Okay, I'm there with you. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. We'll see you in two weeks, we'll I see guess. See you in two weeks. For you, it'll be like nothing has changed. Except for the one episode we miss. Oh, yeah, that's fair. We might, uh, just let them know there's probably, uh, this following Monday there might not be an episode, so. We'll see. There's probably not an episode. It's a really long outro. Stay tuned. Bye. Uh, we're how long we can keep this going for. Filibuster. Bye. And that is why we must always move forward, never looking back. Filibuster. Filibuster.